good morning, good afternoon, good evening. You're listening to the Thai Expat Daily Show. I'm your host, Kieran Mack, and thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to like this video if you're watching us on YouTube, and please do subscribe. We're also available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, and a host of other podcast players. Now that that's all done, let's jump into today's show. Well, hello there, and today is Friday, the 11th of February 2022, and we'll start off with the nationwide daily COVID report. The country registered 14,822 new coronavirus cases during the previous 24 hours, the highest one-day increase since September 11, 2021, the Public Health Ministry announced on Thursday morning. There were 20 more fatalities linked to COVID-19. Incremental cases were up 1,640 from Wednesday's figures, although the death count dropped by four. The 20 new fatalities were between the ages of 44 and 94. COVID-19 infections in the capital are surging with approximately 2,000 cases per day, says the Department of Disease Control. Many of the infections are among adolescents and the working age population, it said. Dr. Sutep, the Director General of the Department's Institute for Urban Disease Control and Prevention, said daily infections are increasing in all areas of the capital to 1,800-2,000 cases per day. The main causes being close contact with infected patients, true group activities conducted in venues with poor airflow, such as pubs and bars, which have obtained restaurant licenses. Now, as we said, there was 14,822 cases, there are 7,754 ATK probable cases, 246 cases were from abroad, and out of the 105,129 patients, approximately 51,435 are in hospital, 563 are in ICU, and 114 are on ventilators. Now, Chambéry Public Health Office reported 754 confirmed cases, 492 cases probable by ATK and two deaths. Most confirmed cases were in Chanburi City, which had 189, 176 cases in Siracha, and Banglamung Patia areas account- accounted for 149 cases. There are 5,344 patients in care. And the Phuket Public Health Office reported 626 new cases on the island, out of which 434 are local and 192 are from abroad. There were no deaths. And there are now 4,797 people in care in Phuket. And we'll start off with the first story of today, Cabinet to Review Bill on Small Distilleries. MPs on Wednesday voted to let the Cabinet examine a bill seeking to liberalise liquor production and allow small-scale production to enter the market. The MPs voted 207 to 196 with two abstentions and three no voters to refer the bill amending the Excise Tax Act to Cabinet before it is returned to the House for a vote on whether to admit it at its first reading. The current law requires private individuals starting a liquor business to obtain permission from the Director General of the Excise Department to own a still. If passed by Parliament, the amendment sponsored by the Move Forward Party would revise the regulations to make it easier for small-scale distilleries to operate their businesses. The vote to refer the bill was deferred from last week when a lack of a quorum forced the House session to end abruptly. Earlier, PM's office minister, Anuka Nakasai, represented the cabinet in promising to have the cabinet look at the bill. However, the vote to implement the promise was adjourned due to quorum problems. After receiving the bill, the Cabinet will have 60 days to scrutinise the detail before returning it to the House for a vote on whether to accept it at the first stage. 
Mr. Taupipob said if the bill saw the light of day, small-scale production of liquors would have a chance to develop their production commercially. It would also enable them to come up with a distillery recipe harnessing locally harvested ingredients. It also improved local liquor, making standards and generate income for locals. The MP called on the government to listen to the public and straighten out the problem. A member of the Talufa and Pracham Beer, Beer People Group, said the existing law is not conductive for local distillers to survive in this business and establish a brand that meets the legally stipulated quality. The bill would also allow ordinary people to have a shot at producing liquor and make a viable business from it, he said. Mr. Tanacorn said the current regulations set the minimum legal permissibility volume of liquor to be produced at too high a level. Only a few large companies can operate in an environment made so hostile to the little people, he said. And following up on a story that we covered last week, another oil spill has been reported at the same spot in the Gulf of Thailand today. Star Petroleum Refining, SPRC, the company behind the oil spill in the Gulf of Thailand two weeks ago in January, revealed today that there has been another spill and has asked for 5,000 litres of dispersants from the Pollution Control Department. According to the company, the new leak, estimated to be 5,000 litres, is classified as Tier 1 cold silver, which means that the leak is no more than 20 tonnes. So far, related authorities, including the Royal Thai Navy and the Royal Air Force, have been called in for help. Director General of the Pollution Control Department revealed that the spill is in the same area as the last leak. The pipeline, which was the source of the previous spill, is currently being repaired. He also said that 5,000 litres of dispersants being requested by the SPRC is more than necessary to contain the spill. SPRC was responsible for the oil spill in the Gulf of January on the 25th in which a reported 47,000 litres of crude oil leaked into the sea. The effects, both short and long term, on the marine environment and coastal life are being evaluated, particularly on the May Rampong beach where the spill adversely affected local tourism and businesses. Now, another story making the headlines today, Thailand's flawed democracy ranks 72 out of 167 countries. Thailand is still a flawed democracy and ranks 72 out of 167 countries, the same level as the year before, according to The Economist's Democracy Index 2021. The kingdom ranked below Malaysia, who was 39th, Indonesia 52, the Philippines 54, and Singapore 66, but above Vietnam 131 and Cambodia 134, and Myanmar, now second to bottom, below North Korea and above only Afghanistan. The five most democratic countries in the world, the report said, are Norway, New Zealand, Finland, Sweden, and Iceland. The Economist Intelligence Unit, the EIU, which produces the index, said it is based on 60 indicators and places countries into four categories, full democracies, flawed democracies, hybrid regimes and authoritarian regimes. Democratic standards across the world fell again in 2021 amid the pandemic and growing support for authoritarianism to leave just over 45% of the world's population living in a democracy, the EIU said. As in 2020, less than half of the world's population is living in a democracy, but the trend has deteriorated further, the London-based analysis group said. Its annual democracy index sheds light on continued challenges to democracy worldwide, under pressure from the coronavirus pandemic and increasing support for authoritarian alternatives, the group said. 
its annual index, which provides a measurement of the state of global democracy, registered its biggest fall since 2010 and set another dismal record for the world's global score since the index was produced in 2006. In Europe, Spain was downgraded to a flawed democracy, reflecting a deterioration in its score for judicial independence. The EIU said that the UK also dropped in the ranking following controversies over party financing and a series of scandals but remains a full democracy. Less than half, that's 45.7% of the world's population, now live in a democracy of some sort, a significant decline from 2020 where the figure was 49.4%. Even fewer, 6.4%, reside in a full democracy after Chile and Spain were downgraded to flawed democracies. Spain's downgrade reflects a deterioration in its score for judicial independence, as we just said. More than a third of the world's population live under authoritarian rule, a large population of which are in China. China has not become more democratic as it becomes richer. On the contrary, it has become less free, the EIU said. Along with Tunisia, Myanmar and Afghanistan recorded the biggest declines in the index following the military coup and Taliban takeover in those countries. And moving along to one of the top stories today, insurers avoid travellers after heavy COVID losses. Insurance companies have become reluctant to offer COVID-19 coverage to foreign tourists as the industry was beset by a liquidity crunch after issuing many policies and experiencing a high number of cases the past year. Tourists remain interested in the country as new registrations for the Test and Go program reached 119,807 as of February 8th. The Deputy Governor for Marketing Communications at the Tourism Authority of Thailand said following discussions with the Office of the Insurance Commission, that's the OIC, over optional COVID-19 insurance for international tourists, only a few companies expressed a interest in joining the program. Only 4% of inbound tourists have tested positive for COVID-19, most of which have been mild cases. Many insurance companies are facing losses from COVID-19 claims from local cases and are unsure about offering policies to foreign tourists, particularly in terms of reimbursement based on possible scenarios, he said. The public health ministry is dealing with insufficient or expensive hospital beds in major provinces by allowing each provincial communicable disease committee to grant permission to hotel operators to establish isolation rooms on their properties to host asymptomatic guests. Mr. Sira Pakorn said the 10-day hotel isolation price starts from 20,000 baht, including three meals a day and telemedicine from a partner hospital. While waiting for the OIC to conclude an insurance package, we have to increase affordable hotel isolation as an option for infected tourists so they don't have to pay more than 100,000 baht for treatment, as happened before, he said. Now, Marissa Sukasal, president of the Thai Hotels Association, said hotels in many provinces have not yet applied for isolation rooms as they are unsure about the procedures. Hotels in Bangkok are still waiting to hear from the Department of Health Services support regarding rules, she said. We were told there is an act that grants permission to hotels to serve as isolation centres, but according to provincial authorities, the partner hospital has to take charge of this process, not hotels. At present, few hospitals are aware of this rule, said Miss Marisa. She said the obstacle of COVID-19 insurance and hotel isolation are weighing on the domestic situation, with local cases rising sharply to 13,182 as of last Wednesday, 
After testing go resumed on February 1st, the flow of tourists has not been as strong as in November when the scheme was first introduced. The fifth-day compulsory COVID test is hampering tourism, Miss Marisa said. Locals may hesitate to book trips if infections spike as well. So there's no real surprise in any of this. The insurance companies thought they were onto a winner within all of this. They figured that they figured with tourists having insurance from abroad, being tested before they left, that the chances of them having COVID was very little. But what they didn't count on was fake PCR tests, fake vaccine certificates, and generally a lot more COVID in the country and tourists getting infected while they're staying here than using this insurance policy to pay for it, which of course they're perfectly entitled to. The insurance companies did offer the premium for it. Now suddenly it looks like, well, they've had so many payouts that they just want to get out of it all of a sudden. And I, I feel this is probably going to go in one direction only. Only a couple of insurers left in the market and prices starting to rise, which is what we would expect the whole hotel isolation thing is also, this is all about money, guys. And I think all of you know this. They're talking about 20,000 baht for a stay for 10 nights. Oh, we don't want to build more than 100,000 baht. Who's deciding all these prices? Who's making these prices up? A hotel has the right to charge whatever they want for a person to stay in their room, not the committee, the health committee in whatever province it may happen in. So this is all about money. And Certainly, not every hotel wants to be a ho you know a hotel isolation. They don't want to have COVID patients or even asymptomatic patients in their hotel. They just some don't. There still is a bit of a fear of COVID here in Thailand. Not as much as it used to be at the beginning, I would say. But yeah, a lot of hotels don't want to get involved in this. They don't even know the rules and regulations because there are no rules and regulations. There's actually nothing written down. Hotel isolation, hotel, this is what you have to do. Step, step, step. None whatsoever. Trust me when I tell you that the rules are very vague. And a lot of hotel operators don't want to get involved in this kind of vagueness. But of course, they do want the money. That's the other thing. That's the opposite side of it too, though. There's money to be made in it too. I see an issue when insurance, public health officials and hotels start getting together and they're in this kind of same kind of sphere you know that it's very easy for hospitals to say they're COVID positive it's very easy for the communicable disease committees to say yes you must isolate there for 10 days and at the end of the day the hotel's getting it in the pocket and I'm pretty sure health officials and whatnot they're also receiving little benefits for you know recommending hotels or putting people in to isolation hotels or COVID hotels or whatever you want to call it. I'm sure this is going on because in actual fact, I know it's going on because I've heard about it and I've been told straight out by hoteliers about this. So it's not what you know, it's who you know. And if you're a COVID hotel and you have a favorable public health official, maybe you might be uh, getting more customers to your hotel who are COVID positive. Of course, we've seen how some of these hotels operated, particularly that one in Phuket, where it was party central. There was no rules and regulations in it. No public health officials going to visit to see what's going on. So it's all a bit of a joke. It's a money-making racket. Because they really don't care. As If you're not sick, if you're not needing to go to ICU, if you're not needing to be on a ventilator, you have very few symptoms, they don't care about you. But that's when it becomes a thing about money. Because if there's nothing really wrong with you, why are we still doing all this? Today I was reading a very interesting article about how the CCSA are meeting tomorrow, actually today, sorry, Friday, to discuss restrictions for the Valentine's period and the Songkran period because, you know, cases are creeping up a little bit and they might have to have new restrictions in. Why? The rest of the world are literally reducing their restrictions to nothing and Thailand is looking at going the opposite way. It's clear people are not getting very sick at the moment. Fatalities are very low. 
Um, however, for everyone who does die, it's a very sad thing. And one death is one too many. But we also have to live in a realistic world that we can continue to have all these restrictions when people are not getting very sick from it. And guys, you know, sometimes when I think about it, if you think back two years ago, would you have ever thought we'd be in this situation now? When we first heard of COVID in January of 2020, and you heard there was a bit of a virus in China, did anybody ever think this is where it would be two years, two years down the road? Certainly I didn't. I find it mind-blowing at times. That's the situation we're in now. For me, I think it is really time to get back to living a reasonably normal life. I don't mind wearing a mask if I go into a crowded area. If I'm outside in the fresh air, I prefer not to wear one. I think that's common sense. I'm going into maybe a place that's busy with a lot of people. Okay, if you want to have that as a rule, I can accept that. But at this stage, many, many people have been vaccinated and it's time for the world to move on. I see different parts of the world moving on. You see Europe, United States, even other, you know, holiday competitors. We're going to talk about the Philippines after this. They've reopened. So where is Thailand all this? Still thinking about restrictions because Valentine's is coming up and possibly maybe people will be gathering and, you know, feeling romantic and that could spread the virus even more. I mean, it's all a bit nonsensy to me. At this stage, I do really feel it's time we start to move forward, get our lives back and start to just get that normality back to our lives. But I don't know, guys, what do you think? Do you think it's time to get this back to normal? Do you think we should be under more restrictions? If you do think we need to continue on restrictions, for how much longer? Another year? Another two years? Guys, I'd love to know your opinion down below. As always, whether we agree or disagree in the comment section. And as we spoke about in that last segment, the Philippines reopens to foreign travelers after two years of a COVID ban. The Philippines on Thursday reopened its borders to foreign tourists, lifting a two-year ban implemented to keep local COVID-19 cases under control. Easing border restrictions to fully vaccinated foreigners from 157 countries with visa-free arrangements with the Philippines marks the beginning of the next chapter in the road to recovery, the tourism secretary said. The Southeast Asian country, popular for its tropical beach resorts, saw visitor arrivals plunge 82% between 2019 and 2020 when the coronavirus pandemic began. The Immigration Commissioner, Jamie Morente, said tourists now only must present documents such as proof of vaccination and a negative COVID-19 test. The Philippines Bureau of Immigration expected around 7,000 arrivals yesterday and hoped for the number to reach 10 to 12,000 daily in the following months. The Philippines initially planned to accept inbound foreign travelers from December, but the plan was pushed back due to the surge of coronavirus cases fueled by the highly transmissible Omicron variant. Philippines Airlines welcomed the government's move, assuring its passengers of safety on board through air filters and a fully vaccinated cabin crew. An airline spokesperson told Kyoto News the nation's flag carrier used to have about 300 flights daily, but this has been reduced to 140 daily since the pandemic began. The tourism department said over 349,000 workers in the Philippines rely on tourism. The Philippines' top tourist markets are visitors from South Korea, the United States, China and Japan. Well, well done to the Philippines. Now, they have reopened, which you to be fully vaccinated. You need a negative PCR test 48 hours before departure. And you need to have a insurance policy that will cover you up to a maximum of 35,000 US dollars. That's their rules. There are no tests on arrival. There is no hotel quarantine. 
do that have those three basic things which i think are pretty easy to do when you compare to some other southeast asian countries and you can enjoy a holiday in the philippines and i think this will certainly help the philippines it pushes it ahead in terms of thailand's entry requirements singapore's and other southeast asian countries so yes they've seen what's going on they've responded they understand the risk of omicron is not as great as it used to be They're probably thinking that we have Omicron in the country. We don't need to really try keep it out because we already have plenty of it here. Similar thought went into other countries. For example, in Ireland, when they had the hotel quarantine on arrival, they got rid of it because they realized that the reason they had it in place in the beginning was to stop Delta entering the country. But as the dominant variant was Delta, there was no need to quarantine people because they had plenty of Delta already. And this was the reason why they lift it. And similar, the Philippines are thinking along the same lines. It's a shame that the likes of Thailand and other Southeast Asian countries don't think like that. But it is nice to see one or two countries taking the lead here in Southeast Asia. And I do hope it'll spur on the likes of Thailand to follow suit, though I'm not confident they will. It's nice to see some countries doing it. Now, as next week is the week of love, the day of love, Valentine's Day, the Department of Health has come up with some new advice for those planning to have sex on Valentine's Day. Get tested for COVID-19 using a rapid antigen test kit before making love. Last year, the department recommended wearing face masks and avoiding facing your partner while having sex because there weren't enough vaccines and ATKs back then, Dr. Sawun Chai, Director General of the department, said. Since the COVID-19 situation has changed and lovers appear to be safer when it comes to having sex, ATK testing should be enough for fully vaccinated people, he said. As for other traditional Valentine's Day activities, such as going out for a romantic dinner, Dr. Suwanchai said checking a COVID-19 tracking app to see if the restaurant they made reservations at is COVID-19 safe would be a good idea. Those apps, including Thai Save Thai, developed by the department, will help assess the risk of being exposed to COVID-19, he said. This app works by assessing how safe activities allowed on the premises are and how crowded the place gets, he said. More importantly, after a night out on Valentine's Day, people are advised to keep wearing a mask and maintain social distancing while at home to cut the risk of spreading COVID-19 to other family members, especially the elderly and those with chronic disease, the doctor said. And finally, the Phuket News Daily Report. Foreigner arrested for GPS in Sandu's car. Police have detained a foreign man for questioning in connection with a GPS location device found fitted to the rented car used by Jimmy Sandu, who was slain in a hail of bullets at Roi last Friday. Police hunt man for violent mugging of German TV presenter. Police have now jumped into action over Kathy Hummels, wife of German football star Matt Hummels, being mugged on a beach in Kukloi, just north of Phuket in Panya, on the mainland. And finally, Thailand Pass no longer allow approval within 24 hours of departure. Phuket officials have announced that the Thailand Pass website for approving foreign tourists to enter the country no longer accepts applications for people wanting to travel to Thailand within 24 hours of applying. But ultimately, with this story or anything else that stood out to you today, I'd love to know your thoughts in the comments down below. Because yes, this is a new show, but it's also a conversation. Now keep that conversation going. Make sure you like this video, subscribe to the channel, share the video, and do all the good stuff that does help that YouTube algorithm. But ultimately, my name is Kieran Mack. You've been listening to the Thai Expat Daily Show, and we will see you next time.